0: Once again, we want to welcome you back to Local News Live, the podcast, or Local News Live Daily. It's a working title. We're still figuring it out. But what is not changing is the fact that here at Local News Live, we bring you local news from around the country, straight to you, from our great TV stations across the nation. And we also break it down for you. We break down some of the biggest stories we covered today here on this podcast as you're listening, on the go, back from work, on the way to work, wherever you're going, we've got those stories for you right now. Joining with me, of course, is the face of our shift the captain of our ship, Victoria Osterly. <laughs> I would argue that us. you are the
1: captain of the
0: ship. Oh, I'm very good at pushing buttons, that's about it. So, <laughs> we had a big, 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 big day that was filled with some surprises at the, uh, in some stories. Uh, first of all, you know, just as a quick aside to everything, we're gonna talk about the big news from out of the CDC oh, today, yeah. a welcome relief, a breath of exhalation for a lot of people across the country. Basically, the CDC came out and said, we are gonna be relaxing indoor mask wearing for everyone who's fully vaccinated. You don't have to wear a mask outdoors or indoors, except for when you have mask requirements, you know, on the local or state level. Victoria, how are you feeling with this newest revelation from the CDC? I,
1: I feel hope. Like, I definitely feel like I see an end in sight now. Like for some reason, the vaccines, um, it. I mean, that felt hopeful in a way, but the fact that at the time, When I got vaccinated that it still meant you still had to wear masks around other people it didn't really change much for me and now that the CDC guidelines have come out uh, we actually got a corporate email from our uh corporate
0: we did corporation
1: gray tv and they said they follow CDC guidelines so if you're fully vaccinated you no longer have to wear a mask indoors And to me, that's tangible change in my life. So, I mean, we don't know how soon uh, the different stores we shop at will adopt these new CDC guidelines. So you never know how quickly you're going to be able to see change there. But the fact that in our own workplace that I don't have to walk around with a mask anymore because I'm vaccinated is pretty cool. It, it definitely gives me hope for the future. and makes me feel like things might get back to normal. Like for a while there, I felt some doubt as to whether things were going to get back to normal at all.
0: Right. Absolutely. Now, of course, as you said, there's a lot of other question marks when it comes to, Hey, is my Kroger, or I guess, a um... Bakers here in Omaha, which (laughs) which is owned by Kroger. My Kroger card still works there. Are they going to let me waltz in there today without my mask on? They probably won't. They usually have a security guard poster right there. So he might uh, have something to say about that. So we don't know when that's going to change. And we also don't know if this is going to make more of an incentive for the people who have been kind of hesitating on the vaccine train so far, but this might give them something to really motivate them to get the vaccine. I mean, don't you think so, Victoria, apart from, oh man, if I get the vaccine, I still have to wear a mask, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think that's what they talked about earlier today during the White House COVID update. Uh, They said that perhaps people who are, you know, they're not against the vaccine, but they're not for it. They're just kind of lukewarm about it. You know, this may be an incentive to go ahead and get the vaccine because it means that you can change how you operate, how your life is. And, you know, that kind of segues into um, another incentive being offered by a state in our country that we covered this today as well. Um, (laughs) Ohio is offering people in their state the chance to win $1 million by getting the vaccine. And Cleveland 19, our affiliate there um, in Cleveland's, which is W-O-I-O, They carried the press conference and did a digital desk update about this. Um, So essentially how it works is if you choose to get vaccinated in the state of Ohio for five weeks straight, the state is going to draw the name of one Ohio vaccine recipient once a week, and that person will win $1 million.
0: Ooh, you got a one in five chance of being a millionaire for getting that shot in your arm.
1: Right. And a journalist called him to that press conference that we carried and asked, well, whose idea was this? And he seemed to get pretty defensive. He said, listen, the fuck (laughs) stops with me. This was my idea. And I think it's a great idea. Um, And so he actually, uh, in the news article is quoted on cleveland19.com. He said, I know I'll be criticized. I know there will be some people that will say that's a waste. What I think is a waste is when we have a vaccine that will save a life and someone still gets the COVID and dies because they've not been vaccinated. That's what the waste is. And he said, again, he continued, no one has tried this and we just thought it was worth to try this to do it. And so the weekly drawings will begin on May 26th. So this is another Incentive to try to get people to go ahead and get the vaccine. So Nick, uh, he just moved here from Ohio. So what was your? Reaction? <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. I'm not bitter. <laughs> what at was? All. <laughs> I,
0: I believe I, I believe I tweet tweeted out. By the way, follow me at Nick Lawton TV, and also follow at Local News Live <laughs> on Twitter as well, and yep. Local News Live on Facebook. And yeah, just, <laughs> okay, just <so> follow <laughs> us on all the
1: platforms. So just follow I'm, us everywhere. That's what they say, right? Victoria.
0: Yeah, at LNL Victoria, do it. Do it now. Anyway, so now that we got that uh, frantic call to action out of the way, yes, <laughs> <Frantic> <laughs> I, I believe I, I believe I tweeted on at McGlotten TV that uh, <laughs> that I was like, I move away from Ohio, and you do this. I'm fully vaccinated. I could have had a one in five shot, which is the biggest shot I've ever had at a million dollars in my
1: life. <laughs> one in five shot. If you get the shot.
0: If right. you get oh oh man, the state of Ohio <laughs> should have hired you for their slogan making.
1: Wow, look at that. Well, page. I just would. Here's my hope. I hope that Ohio sees record numbers of people lining up to get vaccinated, and it's such a smash hit that other states, like let's say Nebraska, <laughs> goes ahead and, <laughs> and picks up this idea. And it's actually interesting because I was talking to someone earlier today um, about this and, you know, when the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, when they were talking about the blood clots, you know, I heard a statistic that said, you are more likely to either A, get hit by lightning or B, uh, win the lottery statistics wise than get a blood clot from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And here we go. Like if you live in Ohio, you know, shoot your shot get the j and j or get any of the vaccines and you have more of a chance of winning a million dollars and that's literal in ohio than getting a blood clot so
0: shoot your shot by getting
1: your shot shoot your shot by getting the shot there you
0: go those are two of the
1: big covid19 stories we covered today during our shift on local news live um moving on to our second story that we wanted to talk about a really sad story um out of Alabama uh, Nick you were it Nick worked a little bit longer of a shift than I did yesterday so he was able to cover the press conference of the missing baby in Montgomery Alabama uh, so let's start there let's talk about that press conference and then let's Let's move on to uh, this other press conference that happened today with the new news that the, father's, the father is being charged with capital murder now. So uh, what was that press conference like yesterday? And actually, why don't you briefly explain what story we're talking about? I may have skipped ahead a little bit.
0: Right, absolutely. So this is coming from our great TV station, WSFA 12 News in Montgomery, Alabama. You can go read it for yourself on WSFA 12 Dot .com again wsfa.com basically what happened was a father who stood before cameras on Wednesday afternoon he was asking the public to help find he, find his newborn baby he's now facing a capital murder charge in that baby's death his name is Caleb Weisen senior taken into custody not long after that news conference. So let's talk about that news conference. We were briefed by our great TV station, WSFA, that this news conference was going to happen. There was a representative from the police standing outside the building with the podium set up, and Caleb, the suspect, the man now in custody with his wife, they were holding each other right behind that police officer. And then they even had the couple come up to the podium to talk about what happened, but they were obviously completely distraught they were in emotional wreck as far as we could tell. And reporters at one point were even asking them, like they weren't getting much information from police or the mother and father. At one point a reporter literally had to ask them, can we see a picture of this missing baby? And then the mother finally held up her phone showed the picture. And so the camera zoomed in, but it was very awkward, full of long pauses in which, you know, as a journalist, we have all seen people on the worst days of their life in just completely all consuming grief and our hearts always go out to them. So at one point, as not only as a journalist, but as a human being, you're looking at that news conference and you're telling the police officers step back in this mother and father clearly cannot go on speaking publicly in front of cameras, step back in and, and fill some information. So right away, we, we noticed that this news conference was very unconventional, very unorthodox. It's not like anything I've seen in a long time and I have been in this, what we call news business for a decade now. It was, it was very, very strange, but then we get the news today that not long after that news conference, as we just told you, Caleb Wisden Sr., the father who was there embracing the mother of the child, he was taken into custody not long after that. He's initially charged with reckless manslaughter. There was another news conference this morning from WSFA. And in that the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office announced the increased charge and said, that Wiseman now has a $100,000 bond and he'll stay in the Montgomery County detention Facility because unfortunately, the body of that one month old baby, who was named Caleb Weissman Jr., that body was found in Lones County, just south of Montgomery.
1: Yeah, and during the press conference today, um, it was, they didn't really reveal any specific details about how this baby died, but They did say after they got the autopsy results back late last night, that's when they upgraded the charge from, I believe, what was it? Reckless manslaughter um, up to capital murder with no Mm -hmm. bonds and all they, they didn't say what they found out in that autopsy. All they said was uh, once they got the autopsy results back, that's when they upgraded the charge. And at this press conference that happened this morning, they also talked about the sheer number of law enforcement officials that were involved in this case. Um, they said several FBI agents out of mobile were involved. Of course the Montgomery County Sheriff's office, several people, it was all hands on deck following every single lead. And that's what got them to this resolution so quickly. Um, and again, it, it was, the timing of this was a little wild that shortly after this press conference, that's when the news came out that this father had been charged and arrested. So according to the Montgomery County Sheriff, Derek Cunningham, he said, quote, out of my 32 years working in law enforcement, being in homicide, working cases, this says a lot, this says a lot. And that's about upgrading the charge. So yeah an incredibly incredibly sad story during that uh newser this morning they had a slideshow showing pictures of that infant um just incredibly sad seeing such an innocent baby and knowing the outcome but um one thing that the sheriff did say was it's good that they've been able to bring closure to this family so they know what happened to this baby but Again, incredibly sad story out of Montgomery.
0: And as we learn more, more details will come out about the timeline of this investigation. And of course, we're going to continue carrying this. You know, WSFA stays in contact with us. Again, that's our gray station in Montgomery, Alabama. They're going to continue to stay in touch with us. So if we have any more news conferences regarding this case, or if any more are called, they'll reach out to us. We'll carry it right here on Local News Live. Again, if you want to read up on all of this for yourself, the story can be found on WSFA.com.
1: All right, let's move on to a story that reporter Emma Wheeler out of WCTV, she's been doing an excellent job covering this story. She's been in the courtroom live tweeting, which is, I mean, incredible that they're allowed to have their phones in that courtroom. But they're also right. streaming it live. so. I'm sure anybody could be live tweeting it essentially. Um, well, she's covering the case of Zachary Wester. He's the Jackson County deputy. He's a former Jackson County deputy that's accused of planning drugs on people during a dozen minor traffic stops between 2016 and 2018. And if you want to learn more about this story, you can go to wctv.tv. It's kind of an unconventional uh URL there web address so I want to repeat it a couple times wctv.tv wctv.tv all right now that we've got that out of the way uh Emma Wheeler again has been covering this and she's been live tweeting if you want before we get into the description of the story if you want to follow her handle that's at ewheeler w-h-e-e-l-e-r underscore w-c-t-v so all week long uh this trial has been ongoing and we've been every every chance we get we've been airing this trial because it's just a really crazy story we talked a little bit about it during our first podcast episode but Mm -hmm. essentially zachary wester he faces a total of 67 charges they range from official misconduct racketeering perjury and fabricating evidence and Uh, nearly 12 witnesses have already taken the stands and including Jackson County Sheriff's Office employees, the lead agent on Wester's case and several people Wester has arrested. And the interesting thing about this case is we have uh, been able to witness body camera video of Zachary Wester uh, planting, you know, he allegedly planting these drugs and his interactions with these people before during and after and it's just really incredible because something that I, I keep saying about this is in almost every single body camera footage it's like he's literally reading from a script or he's memorized a monologue and it's just every traffic stop is exactly the same he pulls someone over because of a very minor traffic infraction like for instance, one person wasn't wearing a seat belt. Another person had a really small crack on their windshield by their windshield wipers. And just very minor, like someone was pulled over because Wester said that he had a taillight that was out, but it wasn't, it was just dimmed. He just needed to turn up his taillight. And then, so it's a very minor infraction. And then he says hey man do you mind if I search your car I I do something like this like 30 to 40 times a shift you know if you won't let me search your car I have to bring the drug dogs out and and so every single person who testified said they complied with allowing this deputy to search their vehicle because they had nothing to hide they knew for a fact there was nothing in their car and so every single traffic stop that we see this body camera video of he goes into the car and he somehow finds a needle full or a syringe i'm not sure what you call it full of methamphetamine in the center console he brings it out and the people one by one by one by one have a shocked look on their face because they know that was not in there and they testify it was not in there and they they plead and and tell this deputy, it's not theirs. And the circumstances, while the situations and how everything plays out is the same, the circumstances for each individual and what's going on in those people's lives is different. One person had a wife at home who was dependent on him for medicine and and to survive because of her mental health issues. And he was panicking, started to cry because he needed to be home with his wife to help her. Another person was on his way home from the hot wolf. Well, he was on his way back to the hospital where his wife just had surgery. He literally needed to pick up his wife from surgery. And he was panicking because he didn't know what he was gonna do. Like just the situations that this deputy is accused of putting these people in and for what? One person had a child in their vehicle And the deputy was chastising this woman and her husband for having a child in the vehicle and also having drugs. And he continually kept saying, you have to be careful about who is in your vehicle. (laughs) Anyway, so all of this was the, the prosecution's case and they rested today. And the judge dismissed the jury early today and told them that starting at 8.30 tomorrow, it's the defense's case. So up until this point, we've only heard the prosecutor's case, the state's case. So it will be incredibly interesting to hear what the defense has to say and what the case is there. Um, Very, very interesting. Nick, what's your takeaway so far in this trial?
0: I mean, honestly, it's gonna be similar to what I've said on our first podcast. It's like, the, the question is, he was wearing body camera video. We know that. It was being shown every single day in trial. It was how we were able to see all these things that Victoria just recounted for you. But it was happening over a two-year period. So it makes you wonder, are these police departments actually ch- checking, right, watching this body cam video? And I understand that's a big ask to go through every body cam video of every single officer on your department, at least all the ones that have been outfitted with them. That's a big task, but you would think that that's what they'd be doing. But somehow this this former Jackson County deputy, Zachary Western felt confident enough that he would get away with it even while wearing a body camera. So the most interesting part of all of this is starting tomorrow, you think to yourself, how on earth is the defense team going to frame this? How on earth are they going to turn around? And you think that their only course of action is perhaps to blame the department, that they'll probably say that the former Deputy Wester is a victim of a broken system, and he's mm-hmm. just a, a one wheel in one cog, but, but the entire department itself didn't put those things in those cars. So obviously, uh, without speculating, we're just going to have to see what their tactic is.
1: Yeah, and at one point, we had heard that Wester may take the stand, so it will be very, very Whew. interesting to try and hear from his perspective and also to try and figure out what the motive here is. I, for the life of me, can't figure out if this story and these charges are indeed accurate that the prosecutors are, you know, pitching to the jury. What is the motive here? What does someone get out of arresting people on drug charges when? They did not have the drugs.
0: That's a question that needs answering.
1: Yep. All right, interesting story that we're carrying on Local News Live. You can, you know, as as long as this trial is happening, uh, we will be jumping in and out of it, depending on what local live coverage is happening each day. So be sure to go to your Gray TV website. Um, And if you don't have a Gray TV website in your area you can go to the website, uh, Gray's website, and they have a map up there where you can go to gray.tv and click on, I believe it's locations. Oh, actually it's, it's on their main page. If you go to gray.tv, you can see a list of stations across the country and um, you can find really any of them, click on any of them and click live or stream live, depending on what website it is. And that's where you can find us as long as that station is not in a newscast. That's where you can find our coverage and you can watch us as we stream that uh, trial or you can just go to wctv.tv and they're also streaming it live as well. Absolutely. Okay, so moving on, um, before we get to our our fun story to wrap it all up, uh, the pipeline hack has had a lot of people kind of in a frenzy on the east coast and especially in the carolinas um president biden we carried his speech today about it and he leaned right into the microphone and he warned gas stations do not price gouge do not do that to the american people absolutely do not and so Going off of that, WBTV is our station in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they have a story on their website. And I'll I'll just read the headline to you. It says, woman says she paid $9.99 a gallon at Charlotte gas station and customers are filing complaints. And customers have made at least six complaints of price gouging to the North Carolina Department of Justice. Because of that, $9.99 per gallon during the gas shortage in the state. I mean, can you imagine, Nick? <laughs> Let's see.
0: T- 10 bucks for a single gallon of gas.
1: Yeah. I think mine, I
0: think my, I think my my bill would be like 130 bucks to yep. fill up an entire tank.
1: Yep. Mine, mine would be close to that too. And she, this woman, Clar- Clarissa Rankin, um, She's a truck driver. She says she was filling up her personal car and she was told that the gas was labeled extra and it was $9.99 per gallon. And she was told she could only get nine gallons. Um, and the gas station's owner, Ray Shaw, has denied any intention of price gouging. He says both Shaw and the employees at the gas station say the prices are so high because they wanted to tear. Cheer- uh, they want people not to drain the pumps, So that, that's kind of their reasoning there. They're not trying to price gouge. And he even said, quote, we're not in this to make a quick buck.
0: Mm.
1: Hmm. So the uh, North Carolina attorney general, he did speak about price gouging complaints. He said, North Carolina's price gouging law comes into effect whenever there's a declared state of emergency and it prohibits any seller from charging an unreasonably excessive Price. Now what determines whether it's unreasonably excessive is what did they pay for it to buy the supply, what had they charged for it before the emergency began and what are they charging for it now. And so because of that they say each complaint needs to be investigated independently. So this is a practice, you know, if it is indeed price gouging if they discover that it is. It's something that President Biden, he really emphasized today during his speech that he's going to look into all of the laws and anything he can do to make sure that price gouging doesn't happen because um, even though they're turning the pipeline back on, it's, I mean, it stretches several states. It's not like it's just a light switch you can turn on and off and everything goes back to normal.
0: Right. So obviously this is something that's going to be impacting multiple markets, multiple states, something that we're going to keep track of here on local news live because it's ridiculous. Those prices, you know, regardless of the motivation behind them, and time's going to tell with what's going to happen because, you know, they, uh, that particular gas station has already had six complaints filed against them. And the North Carolina Department of Justice says they're going to be reaching out to these companies, getting their side of the story. Before they take any action. So it's an old tired phrase, but only time will tell what happens to that gas station or other companies that have gotten complaints against them we will stay in touch on that to see if any actions taken about that from the
1: DOJ. Yes, for sure. And if you hear some noise in the background here, that's because... uh... I think there's coffee brewing back here. (laughs) So until we get our podcasting room set up, you might hear a few noises happening. The joys of podcasting. Yep. So, all right. So our final story for Mm -hmm. today's episode is uh, (laughs) our gray station in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. They're a little bit sour today, uh, in fact, whoever wrote a this bit article spicy,
0: yes, yeah, salty, and a little bit salty, a little bit saucy.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's good. They're a little bit saucy about this. Uh, whoever wrote this article doesn't have a specific name. It just says it's written by WMC Action News Five staff. So the title of this article is oh, right. somehow. Memphis is in a top barbecue city and we have questions (laughs) and I've seen people tweeting about this all day long, especially the WMC team there. Um, let, and I just have to read the lead line here. I love it. It says, let us start by saying we 100% disagree. (laughs)
0: <laughs> However, a map
1: is going viral showing top cities for barbecue in the United States and somehow Memphis isn't on it. Well, <laughs> what's funny though is um this list is by chefspencil.com. I've never heard of it. Have yeah, you? has anyone heard of that? I haven't. Um <laughs> and Nick, do you want to read, I believe, um Houston, it was Houston's tweet?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, the the official the official Twitter of the city of Houston, Texas. Houston also believes they deserve to be on the list. So the fact they weren't even mentioned, it's literally at Visit Houston. They just tweeted this map and yeah. <laughs> just wrote, ha 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 dead, ha 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 ha. Then they followed it up with an additional tweet going, ha 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 ha, dead, ha ha, part two. And
1: they pinned it.
0: Yeah, they pinned it. They they want this at the top of their official Houston tourism, city of Houston Twitter account. So obviously, you know, a lot of cities are up in arms about this. But uh, Mm -hmm. I was telling you this earlier, Victoria. It's like no one's heard of Chef's Pencil, at least no one in my immediate circle. And honestly, it's just so reminiscent of all those Facebook memes, those pictures where it's like, this was the. The, uh, the most favorite fast food in every state, according to the state's people. Mm-hmm. And then like one state chimes in and says, none of us like Arby's, N- none of us do. <laughs> it's like, th- this doesn't make any sense. And it, they just come out all the time and they're meant to be incendiary. They're meant to get reach. They're meant to get people talking, clicks, mm-hmm. all the good stuff. But it, it's still funny to see entire cities come out on social media and be like, okay, hold on a second.
1: Right. And to give you some background, Chef's Pencil is an international foodie magazine that was launched in 2009 by Paul Hegman, who is a Dutch chef based in Sydney, Australia. So that's what Chef's Pencil is. And apparently they used reviews, um, they analyzed restaurant reviews from TripAdvisor And they looked at barbecue joints in the country's top seventy-five largest cities and ranked them based on their average rating. And let me ask
0: you something, Victoria.
1: When was the last time
0: you posted a review on TripAdvisor?
1: I would say never. (laughs) So no offense, TripAdvisor, but that's not where I go to write my reviews. But they can't. I mean i'm not a representative of, of every single person in america so right, right right i mean there could be some truth to this you know All right you know we, we, we gotta be fair we gotta be yeah fair. you gotta see both sides of the story well it turns out according to this article um and i i just i have to laugh at how it, <laughs> this article is written it said We're not sure about this math because Memphis showed up nowhere on their top 10 list. In fact, chefspencil.com says Memphis is only 47th on the list. So that is, that's pretty near the bottom. So if you're wondering who actually made the cut, the top five, let's see. Um, It looks like New Orleans, Oklahoma City, Charlotte, Wichita, Kansas, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Columbus, Ohio seattle washington st louis missouri miami florida that needs to be around the top 10 newark new jersey portland oregon they all uh ranked better than memphis tennessee and memphis tennessee is not happy about it okay
0: okay well i i can only speak for myself obviously but i have lived in columbus ohio i've lived in oklahoma city oklahoma I've lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I've eaten barbecue in Memphis. And let me tell you, this list is wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's funny is if you scroll past the rankings, uh, Memphis is so bitter that they went ahead and uh, the WMC Action News digital content people embedded a ton of tweets of people throwing shade at this list and one person said, did a pig make this map? And then um someone wrote Th- think they left of either an adjective or some cities. I I don't know. And then someone else tweeted, and Memphis isn't on the list. What kind of burnt meat on the gorilla at the family reunion when everybody hungry when everybody's hungry is this? <laughs> And someone said, Memphis barbecue is much better than anything in Tulsa. And someone said, I don't know how that's possible since we have more barbecue joints per square mile than anyone else. So, (laughs) you know, really funny, strong reactions coming from cities across the United States. But I wonder what the people who ranked in the top are saying about this, if they're even... Um, bragging about it or not, against Chef right? People. They're
0: just like, do we even go outside right now? There's a <laughs> lot of people angry. There's right. Like, the internet's kind of on fire right now, and uh, <laughs> but the one good thing that does come out of this, you know, we we can be salty, we can be saucy, we can be all these things, but at the same time, you know, it's very funny seeing these reactions. And so, if you need a good laugh, this is a quick thing to go to on Twitter or anywhere on the internet. Read some of these responses. Have a nice laugh to yourself.
1: Right. I mean, I just typed in chef's pencil in the search bar and I'm seeing some really funny stuff. (laughs) Someone uh, from Kansas or yeah, someone from Kansas city said, uh, clearly election fraud, any city missing you expected to see spoiler alert, Kansas city comes in 39th. So yeah, really, really funny stuff. And some people, one person said, this must be a joke, just lots of outrage. So just a nice, little funny story to round out our coverage that ranged from good news with the mask announcement to really sad news with the exactly. the baby uh found dead in alabama the zachary wester trial is just bizarre news and the pipeline hack is uh, kind of frustrating news with what people are experiencing on the east coast so it's good to round it all out with uh, Memphis being really saucy about not being named a top barbecue city. So and I think that's the way that's to put a nice it,
0: bow on it, the way to put a nice bow on this is say, and this is all on Local News Live, which you can watch right now. We we've told you a couple places. If you go to a couple of your Gray Station websites, usually in that top bar, there's a live option. Click on the live. And as long as there's no coverage breaking in from that station, we'll be there believe that Victoria and I are there from ten to three Central Time, eleven to four Eastern, uh, yep. nine to two Mountain, and what is Pacific time? Uh, eight to one <laughs> Pacific yeah. Standard Time.
1: And a good description, exactly. Uh, just as a end a note to end on is uh. So KWCH, they have a really good description on their website about exactly what Local News Live is. So I'm gonna read that to you real quick, just so you know if we haven't explained it accurately or adequately enough, They, I think they do. So uh, their description is Local News Live provides live coverage from local journalists at any of Gray Media's 90 plus television stations, watch live newscasts and get a local perspective from national events from journalists who live in the communities they cover and that's kind of uh the best thing about it is when we're covering an event especially if that station has their digital desk up and running you know we've got anchors that are previewing and ending that coverage with a local spin on it and then they send it back to us and then we send it to another city and um i believe uh someone in corporate referred to us as uh the tour guides of news so we're kind of <laughs> bringing you on a tour of the local news that's happening at that very moment across the country so a pretty cool concept going on i think so all right well that's it for us i'm victoria austerly slash shirley i go by yeah. kind of both at this time <laughs> and then uh we've got nick lawton and we Hello. appreciate you listening to us we hope you have a great evening.
0: Be safe say there, you know.